0: called The Kardashians of the Gospel. From the 1970s until the mid-1980s, televangelists Jim and Tammy Faye Baker ruled Christian television. At its peak, their chat show was beamed into 13
1: million households across the United States. Known for their flashy clothes and dramatic fundraising techniques, Jim and Tammy made millions of dollars from preaching to the masses. But that wealth led Jim and Tammy to a dramatic fall from grace, one that
0: involved sex, And financial scandals.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sinister Societies, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Hannah Maguire. And I'm Saruti Bala. Every week, we're going to cover your favourite
0: cults, faith followers, and secret societies. We'll look at how some of the biggest secret societies and cults have made
1: their fortunes.
0: And also how they've managed to run in plain sight and permeate into your
1: everyday life. And yes, today we have finally got to the tumultuous lives of televangelists Jim Baker and Tammy Faye. Together they created a multi-million dollar business empire through their fundraising efforts on Christian television.
0: But their lives spiraled out of control when it was discovered that millions of dollars meant for the church and religious projects found its way into the pockets of the bakers, a couple who had a penchant for mink and Cadillacs.
1: Angels on your body. Sir and I have a running joke. There's a Louis Theroux documentary where he goes and hangs out with televangelists and he's like at this Christian station and the reception lady every time she hangs up the phone she's like all right angels on your body. <laughs> I love uh, this so much. <laughs> just yeah for absolutely no reason. So that's been bouncing around the office exactly. this week. <laughs> I'm quite excited for this one. I don't know this story, okay. really. I mm. know the names. Mm-hmm. I know the names, but I don't know this story. In my life before, I was a world famous, very successful podcaster. I worked in commercial musical theatre. And when, I think I can say this, yeah, whatever. When I was still working at my old job, there was a script bouncing around of Tammy Faye Baker, the musical. Ooh. And I don't know... I don't know if it's been optioned. I don't know if it's in development. Maybe someone is workshopping it as we speak. I feel like now you've said it. That I'm going to get sued. No, it will come out. (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah. That's how it always happens. Yeah. Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. So let's get into the early years of Tammy Faye and Jim Baker. Tammy Faye was born Tammy Faye LaVallee in International Falls, Minnesota in 1942. International Falls. Try harder.
0: LaVallee. <laughs> there were so many things in that sentence.
1: And surprise, surprise, she was raised in a Fundamentalist Assemblies of God church, which is the largest denomination of Pentecostal Christianity. Wasn't allowed to wear makeup as a child. Tammy lived in a little farmhouse with her parents as well as her stepbrothers and stepsisters. She was the eldest of eight children, four girls and four boys. The boys all had to share one bed and so did the girls as well. So there were quite literally eight in the bed and the little one said nothing because he was getting told off. Or was there four in one bed and four in the other? Maybe the beds were next to each other. Yeah. So the boys got one bed and the girls got one bed. Mm -hmm. Get in. (laughs) The family did not have a toilet or a fridge. But they did have an outhouse, which in Minnesota... Do you know what, though? I would
0: say I'd rather go into an outhouse that is incredibly cold than an outhouse that is incredibly hot.
1: Yes, true, but what if your butt sticks to the toilet seat? What are you doing touching your butt on a... On On a toilet seat for what it's designed for? On the outhouse. Oh, so you'd be perma-hovering your whole life. If it was frozen, yes. I mean, you'd have excellent thighs. I would. I would. Tammy discovered God one Sunday in church where he generally hangs out. In her memoir, she wrote that she fell down on the ground and started speaking in tongues. Classic. The favorite of the Pentecostal. (laughs) The classic. Yeah, because it requires literally no skill to do. (laughs) She recalled, quote, I heard myself speaking in a language I'd never heard before because she made it up. (laughs) As that language flowed from my innermost being, I actually felt the presence of God within me. I have never in my whole life experienced such love. Liquid love pouring over my entire body. Was it, Tammy? Well, that's easily replicated, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on from God's secretions and move on to a fun fact about Tammy because she was elected queen of her Bible camp. Oh, my God. Queen of the Bible camp is quite the accolade, I think. It really is. I don't imagine there was much competition. Well... You don't know.
0: No, I I don't. I wasn't there. I can imagine those churchy girls being quite feisty for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I bet. So James Jim Baker was born in Muskegon, Michigan in 1940. Like Tammy, he was raised in a fundamentalist assemblies of God church. His grandfather had been described as a foot soldier in the Pentecostal movement that swept through the United States at the turn of the 20th century. This particular grandfather was known for preaching the Bible on street corners and at the county jail. He was also known for telling smokers that they were destined for hell. Like Tammy, Jim grew up poor and was ashamed of the house that he'd grown up in. His father discouraged his children from eating fresh bread and drinking milk. But even though the church referred to televisions as hellavisions, the dad did buy one for the family, against his wife's wishes. So he's like... You're not allowed to eat fresh bread, so you're Uh allowed to eat what? Do you have to wait until the bread's gone stale before you eat it? I mean, maybe. I don't know. And you can't drink milk, but you can watch his television.
1: I mean television. Uh, Yeah, but also on the milk, I agree with him. I think anything other than a baby drinking milk is absolutely vile and should be illegal. But on everything else, I'm not not really with him. Dunno. He's got strong views, though. (laughs) Jim and Tammy met in 1960 when they were attending a Bible college in Minneapolis. On their first date, they went to church.
0: Oh no, no.
1: <laughs> I cannot think of anything worse.
0: No wonder she thinks like speaking in tongues was the equivalent of like
1: having liquid love porn all over yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Right, This I've got one I've got one for you. Excellent. Would you rather... Mm. Play along at home. <laughs> would you rather go ice skating with Tom Cruise Ugh. or... Oh. This is a first date situation, yeah. right? Ice skating with Tom Cruise, <laughs> which she famously did with Katie Holmes. Or uh-huh. church with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Church. Church (laughs) with Dwayne. Fair enough. That's fair enough. Church, 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 (laughs) church. Church went okay, apparently, because he was the youth leader there. So he's getting her in there to be like, look how powerful and charismatic Uh, I am. That's what you've
0: got to do. Hmm. That's what you've got to do. So, I have never watched any of her work but I have watched an interview with Esther Perel Mm. and Esther Perel says that the way to maintain love in a relationship is for that person to see you mastering your craft.
1: Interesting.
0: So that's what he's doing. He's taking a note out
1: of Esther Perel's How to Make Love Last Notebook. Exactly and it works. He doesn't hang about because by the end of their third date they were engaged to be married. Excellent. Wasting no time at all. In spring of 1961 they wanted to get married, but their college didn't allow students to get married during school term. So instead of waiting till the holiday, which seems like a reasonable thing to do, they both quit school and they got married two days later. Good. Maybe it was like, we can't have that real liquid love until no, we're exactly. And they just couldn't wait until the spring yeah. term was over. I'm absolutely going to explode with liquid love unless I get married in two days. <laughs> their families didn't attend the wedding, and it's known that Jim's family didn't care for Tammy much. They thought that she was a, quote, poor nothing of a girl. That's so savage. It's savage and she proves them wrong. Uh, Yeah, yeah. The couple worked briefly as youth ministers and then they headed out on the road to spread the message of the Bible.
0: While on the road, Jim preached and Tammy sang and played the accordion or the piano. To appeal to children, they included a puppet show in their teachings, Get Mother Young. In 1965, their puppet show, Come On Over became a television show on the Christian Broadcasting Network, CBN. CBN was run by Pat Robertson, who also established the network. So Jim believed his spiritual gift, his calling from God, if you will, was to be a television talk show host. (laughs) And he wanted to create something like NBC's Tonight Show, but for Christians. So he convinced Pat to let him start one. And Jim got his dream because CBN created the religious talk show, The 700 Club, and
1: Jim and Tammy got to be its first hosts. They've out-Christianed me. I don't know the significance of 700. No, no, I certainly don't. Damn. Jim and Tammy's charismatic ways and their skills for fundraising saved Pat Robertson's then-failing network, which was on the brink of bankruptcy. At one fundraising event, the network was $40,000 behind its target. And Jim jumped in front of the camera and said that they would have to go off the air if more money didn't come in. And then he cried.
0: A man crying
1: on television. I know, keep it in, Jim, you need it. And that night, that fundraiser raised $105,000. Wow, 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 wow. So sometimes crying does work. Sometimes you do get what you want. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Shedding a few tears. (laughs) Pat Robinson recalled in his memoir, quote... They were calling, laughing, rejoicing, and praising God over the phone. By 2.30 a.m., we had raised $105,000. We had no further plans but to go home and praise God. And, you know, maybe they could get a black cab on the way home because they've got that money now. Even though Jim helped save the network from bankruptcy, the two men butted heads when it came to the show. Jim wanted to, quote, whip a holy frenzy to save souls, but Robertson... It's more of a low-key intellectual kind of guy. That's why I wasn't working, Robertson. (laughs) Yeah, you need the pizzazz. Yeah, exactly. And the puppets.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Jim and Tammy Faye liked to live an extravagant lifestyle. Tammy wore mink and the couple drove Cadillacs, while colleagues could only afford clunkers. And this didn't sit well with the staff at CBN. I mean, come on, they're the ones bringing in the money. But it is for Jesus but maybe Jesus is the economy. And if I'm buying Cadillacs and mink coats, I'm putting money into the economy. Well, Jesus was
1: famously a huge fan of mink.
0: And I think from now on, when we're doing the accounts, and we have to explain to the accountant what our business expenses are. We'll just say putting money into the economy.
1: Yeah. Don't ask me any more yeah. questions. We're, we're single-handedly saving the economy. Have and also not seen the state of the economy after COVID? Exactly. Jesus told us to. That's also. why we had to go for drinks. So at
0: around 1971... A new manager at CBN looked into how money was being spent at the network because these two are not being low-key in any way, shape or form. And they found that a disproportionate amount was being spent on the Bakers and their puppet show. (laughs) So given all of this scrutiny, Jim Baker soon quit the network and reportedly CBN staff happily chopped up the Jim and Tammy set with axes.
1: So dramatic! I love it. So dramatic! Not a really Christian of them, is it? I don't think they're asked. No, I don't think so either. I bet it's just people being like, "I really want to work in TV, and there's only jobs going at fucking CBN." Precisely. <laughs> I'll work in for six months and then I'll leave. Fair, fair.
0: So yeah, I think so far what we've learned about Tammy and Jim is that they work hard, mm-hmm. but they spend hard too. You got it for the economy. <laughs>
1: Coming up, how Tammy and Jim established their own lucrative television network, which helped fund their very own Disneyland-inspired Christian theme park.
0: So let's get into how Tammy Faye and Jim Baker created their business empire. In 1974, Jim Baker and Tammy Faye founded the PTL Satellite Network in North Carolina. And yes, PTL does stand for Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord Network. (laughs) Angels on your body. Angels on your body. Should we start an AOB network? And you know like (laughs) how those production companies at the start of a movie have like a bird fly out and it's like Scott
1: Productions. And it'll be like, angels on your body. And also AOB is what we say at the end of meetings, (laughs) as in any other business. So (laughs) that's how we'll close business meetings from now on.
0: Exactly. AOB, (laughs) any (laughs) other business, angels on your body. And these two were super industrious because they didn't stop there. They also started their own talk show, which they called... The PTL Club. And do you know what? If I was a super Christian, Mm. I like it. I like the branding.
1: It sounds kind of cool, but then when you dig a little deeper, it's still holy. Do you know what? Tammy Faye and Jim Baker prove more than anyone that there is a Jesus demographic just dying to give you money. You want to get
0: that Jesus pound, baby. Yes, exactly.
1: Forget (laughs) the pink pound. It's over. We need the crucifix. Grey pound, get in the bin. They're all going to die of fuel poverty. Get the Jesus Get Pound. Get the Jesus Pound. So if I didn't have huge moralistic problems with it, I'd be like, you know what? If we're going to launch any show, to Bible one. Bible show. Helen Hot Takes. Absolutely. So this show, the PTL Club, covered current
0: affairs and featured a diverse group of guests, including Ronald Reagan and Eldred Cleaver. It's one of the Black Panthers. There you go. So fair enough. Mm-hmm. they got the big names. they got Reagan. Yeah. And a Black Panther. Why not? And on the show... Jim and Tammy would encourage viewers to send in money. Of course they did. That's what they're best at. And in return, they would get prayers, blessings, and the possibility of achieving a wealthy lifestyle just like Tammy and Jim's. And this call for money helped build them a pretty decent bank
1: balance. I always find it very amusing when sort of so-called like reborn Christian Situations like Pentecostals are always very scathing about Catholics. But that is the most Catholic shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, you're going to pay me for an indulgence and I'm just going to keep the money. And you, like, but if you don't get what you want, it's your fault.
0: I know. You're right. Because it's like, obviously, uh, tithings and stuff is like, you just have to give it. Maybe it's because they're like, look, we're putting in the work. We're doing puppet shows. We're getting guests on. We're doing all of this. And then people are giving us money. Where's the entertainment Catholics? (laughs)
1: To be honest, we're very good at pomp and circumstance, the Catholics. It's always the same, though.
0: Here, it's like one day it's a Reagan, the next day it's a Black Panther. Sure, okay, yeah. Got a
1: puppet show. Yeah, all we've got is the stupid Pope. See? Jim Baker expanded the PTL network to include studios and offices, which he called Heritage Village. Real estate. Smart. Mm -hmm. And then, in 1978, the Bakers used about $200 million. What? to finance their Christian theme park. I love this so much, I can't, I'm about to die. I think about this often. This theme park was in South Carolina and they called it Heritage USA. Genius. It's genius. It's completely genius. It's got quite a lot to offer. Again, like
0: the Catholicism (laughs) to... their televangelist preaching comparison, they're outdoing even the likes of Disneyland because Heritage USA, the resort, was 10 times the size of California's Disneyland. And it was intended to, quote, be a special place for God's people, which is great. I would love like a 70s Heritage USA sweatshirt.
1: Oh, yeah. I think we can find one on eBay. Let's do it.
0: And the park had many attractions, including a hotel, a shopping complex, a water park, and many Bible-based shops. One shop replicated the experience of shopping in a Jerusalem marketplace. <laughs> Again, they're so ahead of their time. They know it's all about experiential mm-hmm. things. Yeah. People want to pay for experiences. Yeah.
1: He's and Jesus it. famously loved people selling things in the house of God. That was his absolute favorite. Definitely yeah. didn't turn over any tables or have any tantrums about that. <laughs> and
0: Jim even hoped to include a full scale replica of Jerusalem as it was during the time of Jesus. With all of the photographic evidence that we have. <laughs> Honestly, it's genius, though. It's yeah. genius. Yeah, true. Like, come on. OK, I know like he does some questionable things or gets accused of some questionable things later but this so far pretty small there was also an on-site jewelry shop which sold a set of diamond earrings for the poultry price of just $23,000 Which in today's money is about
1: $60,000. Who is going to Heritage USA ready to spend 60 grand? Texan oil husbands. Yes, you're correct. Well done. 10 points. And they're just like,
0: for this, for the low, low price of just $23,000, you could be the lucky owner of this set of diamond earrings.
1: Well, to be fair, it's like in SeaWorld in America, they have those like pearls in oysters and then you like grab the oysters and then you can pay extortionate amounts of money to have the pearl that you fished made into a piece of jewellery for you.
0: But is it, they're not in the oyster originally? They put
1: them in there? So like, pearls are just pieces of sand, Mm -hmm. right? So they just like implant pieces of sand into oysters Uh, that they cultivate and then they will create a pearl. Okay, that's terrible. I mean, Seaworld is terrible all over. Yeah, Um, this is true. I think actually it's one of their lesser crimes. Oh, well, there you go.
0: The park, coming back to Heritage USA, also had a life-size version of the upper room. The upper room is of course where Christians believed that the last supper and the pentecost happened. So again, he's all over the experiences. The upper room at Heritage USA was promoted as a place where people could receive spiritual and physical
1: healing. He is covering all the bases. He really is. It's like lords but with roller coasters. Honestly, the number of
0: things I went through my like emails the other day just to unsubscribe to like random things mm. I was still subscribed to. And just the lack of imagination of some of the things that I had subscribed to at uni, where it was like, there was this thing. Did you ever see that thing? And it was called like Catface. And it was just like a night out. You could only get into the night if you had a catface drawn on you. I've never heard of that in my life. I know. And that's what I'm saying. Jim and Tammy, at least they put some effort
1: into it. More than Catface. <laughs> <laughs> on their television show, also not called Catface, Jim and Tammy described the upper room as a pilgrimage site in itself. Very smart. Very smart. And they told their viewers about people who had visited the site and been healed. They've literally built their own lords with no permission at all. Whatever you want. And to fund their enterprise, the bakers hosted telethons and asked viewers to sign up for monthly pledges to become PTL club partners. A former PTL worker told ABC News that money came pouring in and that some people even sent mink coats, diamond rings and deeds to their houses. Oh my God. Help me. What? I don't know what would have to possess me for me to send the The deeds for my (laughs) home. Yeah, quite literally, apparently. (laughs) The deeds to my home for which I worked so hard. I don't know. Unbelievable. By the mid 80s,
0: the couple had built a multi-million dollar evangelical empire. At one point, They were raising $1 million every other day. And their TV show reached 13 million households. Our
1: Patreon looks shit now. It really does. (laughs) Compared to this, we're in Uh, the wrong game. Terrible.
0: But, as we know, with all the success came detractors. In the mainstream
1: media, of course.
0: Because they made fun of Tammy's love of shopping and her appearance, including her coiffed wigs and heavy eye makeup.
1: So you know the meme of the church lady Mm -hmm. with the mascara down her face? That's based on Tammy. Ah, okay. And they make a really big deal, I think in one of her biographies, about how unfair that SNL sketch was Mm -hmm. because Tammy never wore not waterproof mascara. (laughs) How dare you insinuate that Tammy would be such a fool? They were like, she was so well put together, she would never have dreamed of leaving the house without waterproof mascara.
0: Though I would have pegged her as a, a non-waterproof mascara but woman. She does a lot of
1: crying. She does do a lot That's of That's what crying. I'm saying. And like, give you want the real full effect of crying on TV. So they actually use it to defend her character um, of, you know, she was crying because she was crying, mm-hmm. not for show, I is see, the I argument see. they make. You're right. I would do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Come on now. Let's not be foolish. It's also very hard to get waterproof mascara off your eyelashes. Anyway, about all of the criticism that Tammy got in the mainstream media. She said this once. It's really nobody's business what I do with my face. I wish people could look beyond the mascara and see my heart. I think it's really sad when people only look on the outside, when there's so much underneath. It's like a genius business brain.
1: And some liquid love.
0: <laughs> Up next, we'll get into the wild scandals that brought down the bakers. And of course... Sex and money are definitely involved.
1: So let's get into how Jim Baker's scandals brought down the couple's businesses. In 1979, the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, began investigating Jim Baker and PTL for misusing funds raised on the air. But the investigation was dropped. And Baker, ever the capitalist, used this controversy to raise even more funds from his audience, calling the investigation a witch hunt. And he asked viewers to, quote, give the devil a black eye by giving me lots of money. Interesting to note here that it worked and PTL's revenue rocketed after the FCC incident. He's the king of spin. In 1985, the IRS recommended stripping PTL of its tax exempt status. A report found that between 1980 and 1983, the bakers had used $1.3 million in ministry funds for personal purchases. The bakers did, however, manage to hold on to their tax-exempt status, but the IRS did continue a "quote" low-key, ongoing civil audit. 1987 is when it all went downhill for the bakers. Earlier that
0: year, Tammy Faye had a breakdown and sought treatment for addiction to prescription pills. A few months later, it was revealed that Jim Baker had had a sexual encounter with a young church secretary back in 1980. Her name was Jessica Hahn, and she claimed that Baker had sexually assaulted her. According to a 1987 investigation by the Charlotte Observer, Jim reportedly paid her over $250,000 in hush money. And that was before 1987 then. That was in the 80s. That was in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Jim claimed
1: that it was a consensual affair, but he was still stripped of his ministry. The very same month, Jim stepped down from his position at PTL and PTL board members cut all payments to the bakers who had received $4.8 million in salaries and bonuses since January 1984, because when you are a religion, the tax man can't touch shit. It was soon discovered that PTL was in debt as well. The organization was bleeding about $2 million per month. And after the PTL scandal broke, Tammy lost three houses, three cars, her staff of 3,000, What Her TV show, Tammy's House Party, which was broadcast live every day. I can't imagine anything worse than having to be live on television every single day. my God. In 1988,
0: Jim was indicted on eight counts of mail fraud, 15 counts of wire fraud, and one count of conspiracy. Tammy was never indicted. In 1989, after a dramatic court trial that was put on hold because Jim had a psychological breakdown he was eventually found guilty of bilking followers out of approximately $158 million. In 1989, when Jim was found guilty, Tammy vowed to stand by her man. At a news conference, she sang, On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Hannah, do you know that song?
1: No. No? Do you want to put it to a tune? No, I don't. I've never heard Christ described as the rock. Peter is the rock upon which I will build my church. Well, Christ is the rock upon which he stands. Well, I've never heard that, but I'm not Pentecostal. So maybe they've got their own hymn book that I've never been privy to. Maybe.
0: But despite all of this singing and swearing that she was going to stand by her man, she didn't stand by her man for long because Tammy actually divorced Jim while he was in prison. She then remarried and eventually went on to become a pretty big gay icon thanks in part to an interview she did in 1985. On her TV show, she spoke with a gay man who was living with AIDS, in which she showed him much compassion.
1: Okay. Mm. Yes, that is true. Mm -hmm. He wasn't in the studio. He was on a screen. Mm -hmm. So I feel like a lot of times when people talk about that interview, they kind of equate it to Diana hugging an AIDS patient. Mm -hmm. Not even close. She wasn't in the same room as him. And she also says in that interview she says but don't you think you just haven't given women a fair chance so like yes she does become a gay icon because she's such a character Mm -hmm. and yes interviewing someone who is living with aids in 1985 was groundbreaking but unless you really know the ins and outs of that interview it kind of comes off a lot better than it was i think so but i would also say you know i guess like
0: we can't really judge her based on 2022 standards in 1985 for a super christian to be like Talking to this man and being like, yeah, yeah, but hey, she's, let's, rem- yeah. let's, you know, show some compassion for this rather than be like, ah, you're gross, whatever. I'll give her that.
1: Yeah, sure. But she's not, she's not doing what Diana's doing, which is what people say.
0: No. But yeah, I'll give her t- to the audience she had, to the limits of which she could have maybe not been pitchforked out of it. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough, Tammy. And maybe that's why people are very protective of her now. Yeah, because I think that's they, probably true. They feel like, oh, look, she did some other good stuff. So, fine, maybe. And Tammy actually defended her support of gay people as a devout Christian as well. And she said that she saw it as her mission from God to extend her love to all of humanity.
1: All right, Tams. Which compared to other religious people, Mm. fair enough, Tammy. In 2002, Tammy told the South Florida Sun Sentinel newspaper, quote, I think I have a lot in common with the gay population because they've been made fun of and put down and misunderstood and have really had a rough road to hoe in life. I've never heard that a phrase. Rough a rough road, road to, to hoe. hoe. I like it. A rough road to hoe. Ever the show woman, wasn't she? <laughs> yeah. A rough road to hoe. <laughs> and she herself had an extremely rough road to hoe because she died of colon cancer in 2007. a good. She had a good innings, though, I think. Jim Baker only served four years of his sentence and was paroled in 1994. He returned to Christian television and launched a new ministry called Morningside. In 2003, Jim also launched a
0: new TV show called The Jim Baker Show. And his new wife, Laurie Baker, is his co-host. And uh, she does quite resemble Miss Tammy Faye Baker quite a lot, insofar as she is a blonde and heavily make up woman. More recently, Jim and his church paid restitution of $156,000 to settle a lawsuit that accused him of falsely claiming that a health supplement could cure COVID 19. Jim also sells 60 meal buckets on his website. And he's also publicly warned his haters not to make fun of him, because if they do, God will come after them. Uh oh. Don't be mean to me. Oh no. Hannah, God's going to come after us. Stop now. it. I'm telling. You're going to end up with a rough road to home, eh? <laughs> In 2017, he said that if Donald Trump was impeached, Christians would start a second civil war.
1: Can't say I'm surprised he's uh, on the Trump side of things. And finally, he is, of course, still asking for donations.
0: So that is it. And if we haven't told you enough about Tammy and Jim, you can see a slightly fictionalized version of events in the eyes of Tammy Faye, in which Jessica Chastain plays Tammy Faye. Why not? Jessica Chastain, she's the ginger one in... She looks like Bryce Dallas Howard. They look exactly the same. I can't tell you which film she's been in.
1: Because I can't tell them (laughs) apart. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So she's going to be Tammy. Okay, I can see that. So that's it, guys. That is The Infamous Case. Of Tammy Fay Baker um, and, we'll and Jim,
1: have to see you in quite some time because I'm off to open a Christian theme park, which will take up most of my days. I would imagine. Perfect, but it'll be worth it. And I'm going to go look for some vintage Heritage
0: USA <laughs> merchandise. <laughs> yeah.
1: Thank you so much for listening. I'm Hannah Maguire. And I'm
0: Saruti Bala. And we'll be back next week with another great
1: episode. And we just wanted to mention that for today's episode, we reference reporting from ABC News, The Washington Post, Religion and Politics, and the Minneapolis St. Paul magazine. Remember to follow Sinister Societies on Spotify to get a brand new episode every single week. You can
0: listen to this and all other episodes of Sinister Societies for free exclusively on Spotify.
1: And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and on Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. So if you like us, our voices, what we do, the cadence of our tones, and how tone-deaf Saruti Bala is, <laughs> you can come over to the mothership, the Where It All Began, which is red-handed wherever you find your podcast. And recently, in honor of St. Patrick's Day, St. Patrick, not Irish, he was English. We did an Irish case in which an umbilical cord gets carried around by a judge to multiple courtrooms. And he was so convinced that women couldn't give birth standing up. But He was absolutely sure that a woman could parent twins that had two different fathers as long as she had sex with both of them within 48 hours. And that was taken extremely seriously only in the 80s. And did you know that it was illegal for married women to work in Ireland until 1973? That is a fact. And divorce was illegal until 1996. I could keep going, but I won't. She won't. Um, And though the (laughs) thing about having sex with two men
0: close together and having fraternal twins is true, but it seems very bizarre. It's
1: possible, just not probable.
0: Yeah, and you can hear me Trip over the phrase, per, perhaps, <laughs> super, what is it? Pro, no, uh, hyper parental super foundation. Something like that. Something like that. If you want to hear about that, come listen to Red Handed wherever you listen to your podcasts, and we'll see you next time.
1: Goodbye. Sinister Societies is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It's produced by Kristen Acevedo, Gemma Waters, and Tracy Levy. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Kevin McAlpine. Production assistance by Ron Shapiro. Research by Chelsea Wood and fact-checking by Cara McAleen. And we're your hosts, Hannah Maguire and Saruti
0: Bala.